and welcome to 60 Minutes With. I'm Chris and I'm back with another Soundcheck show remastered. Um, in this episode, you are going to be hearing Ben and I chat about the 1992 movie Sneakers, starring Robert Redford and a whole cast of fantastic stars. Um, I'm sure you'll agree that when you listen to the show that we have a good time with this movie. And with this being our third movie show at the time, uh, I think you can tell that we're sort of finding our feet a bit more. We're getting more confident with it. And yeah, we're just letting go a bit and enjoying ourselves and uh, you get to hear me do some funny accents uh, a Russian accent believe it or not um, anyway so uh, the other thing I wanted to just kind of briefly mention because I haven't mentioned it on the intro for the other two shows is why I picked the soundtrack to the big boss um, well when I was originally thinking about an intro and intro music for uh, the show I wanted something a bit sort of like um, you know punchy a bit bombastic uh something that sounded kind of cool and was from the 70s era you know what i mean it's like remember when i was a kid and we'd go to the cinema and there was sort of like some cheesy sort of like you know adverts and music and all that kind of stuff well anyway i'm not suggesting that the big boss theme is cheesy uh far from it but it just kind of uh, it had that punch you know what i mean to start off the the show as the movie shows went on uh you will find out that i kind of um, i dropped it and in favor of soundtracks or clips from the the movies that we were talking about anyway enough of my rambling uh here is the show that was originally released believe it or not in december of 2013 wow that is crazy that was a long a long time ago a lot's happened since then but uh, anyway uh, hope you enjoy the show and uh, i'll see you soon bye bye if you love him if you love him. If you love him. If you really love him, then just keep on loving him. And never let him know that, that you know what he thinks you don't know, that you know. You know? And give him head whenever he wants. Give him he help. Samecoin Movie Show. I am Stabby from the Same Coin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host. It's Mr. Ben Ford. Hello. Hello. How you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thanks. How about yourself? Very good. Good. Just scoffed down a bacon cob. Oh, okay. Bacon cob. What's a bacon cob? Bacon cob, not baking cob. Bacon cob. What is that? Like a bacon roll or something? Yeah. Well, don't you have cobs in your no. Part of the world. No, 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 no. Really? We call them rolls. 
Oh my god. <laughs> well, you're a weirdo, you, up north? No? Well, I've heard somebody refer to like a cob or a roll as a bun as well. Now, a bun to me is like kind of a cake. Well, we have buns as well. But I mean, it, that, yeah, I mean, like oh, a we have buns thing. as well in, in Wolverhampton, usually with a thong sort of like hanging out from. Yeah, but buns usually have like icing on them as well, don't they? For, you An know. ice bun, of course. Yeah. Or, so, a pair of, or a pair of buns. Yeah. So, but so. anyway. We're, we're bullshitting, and we bullshit on the other show, not this show. True. This is a bit more focused, isn't it, Ben? <laughs> yeah, we're too professional on this show. Let's keep it up. Come on. <laughs> oh, God, we are dead professional on this show. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to our third movie show. It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. We've, we've made it. We've done three shows. I know. Well, we haven't done two. Well, two. This is yeah. our third, hopefully. <laughs> we, might not get, we might not get to the end of this one. You never know. <laughs> well, that is true. You know, it's, uh... we had some brilliant feedback as well, as always, you know, so it's great, isn't it? Yep. Superby worthy. As always. I mean, to be fair, I do it just because I enjoy talking to you about a film. But if people come and listen, brilliant. Absolutely. It's it's always a bonus. Always a bonus. Um, so I guess um, for people who haven't listened to our previous shows, uh, why not go back and listen to them? We, we talked about Best of the Best. That was our first one. And then Soul Man. That was your pick. Um and just give people a bit of a recap on the rules and everything else and uh, how we pick our films. So uh, you pick this film and all of our films that we pick, they're all on Netflix UK or US. And the, the rule is that whoever picks a film, it has to link in somehow with the previous film. So I mean, it's, it's been extremely difficult, isn't it, for the first three films for us to link up the shows? <laughs> well, I think it's turning to the James Earl Jones Appreciation Society, to be honest with you. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if you picked something else from James for James I can Earl. guarantee we're getting away. It, I mean, he's I, I love James Earl Jones, but trust me, he's starting to get on my tits now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, eventually... Will lead to Kevin Kevin Bacon because of you. There's that was it seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or seven, seven was it seven degrees of separation or something like that. So e- everything leads back to Kevin Bacon apparently. Well, it does. In fact, one of the actors in this particular movie that we're covering this week, Sneakers, um, there was a film that I was hoping would be on Netflix. I picked that one, and that would have been linked with Kevin Bacon as well. Oh, enough, really? So. Yes. Well, that could be another challenge. We could see how we can avoid Kevin Bacon, perhaps. Love Kevin Bacon though. No, he is good. He's a bit annoying on those adverts though, the TV adverts. Oh, I love those adverts. I think they start to get on my pip- pips a little bit. <laughs> I suppose so. I suppose so. That's right. Yeah. No, he's good. Oh, Kev. Um, you know him personally, do you? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Get down the pub, have a few points. I'd be surprised if he does turn up down the pub. Do you know I mean, he's everywhere else, isn't he? He is. He's got <laughs> fucking clones everywhere, probably. So anyway, um, yes. Those are the rules, aren't they? I don't think there's anything else I need to mention about that. Ah, that's it, mate. That's it. That's it. I mean, it, uh, yeah, I mean, they're always on either Netflix UK or Netflix US. Um, yes. That's it. So you can always play along and listen. Well, you can't play along, but you can listen after and play along, if you know yeah. what I mean. Go, so, um, should say, well, the film we're going to talk about this um, episode is Sneakers from it... 1992. A film I'd never seen before. Which I always think is, is brilliant, because I hadn't seen Soul Man um always been on kind of my radar a little bit but never got round to it and but i'm really pleased that this is something that you haven't seen because it's exciting to find out what you think about it isn't it yep so um yeah it's sneakers from 1992 uh mm. it is currently on the uk netflix um was directed by a guy called philip alden robinson um he hasn't got many directing credits but looking at imdb uh he di- directed sneakers obviously um his most memorable films i'd imagine that people have heard of a field of dreams which i haven't seen 
I don't know if you've seen that. No, it's, that's what's his name in it from the Bodyguard, I believe. Is that Kevin right? Costner. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, actually, I quite like Kevin Costner, but I'm not into films that based on sports. Well, it's baseball, isn't it? I think. Yeah. If in particular, it, baseball. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. Um, and James Earl Jones is in that. So. <laughs> He's everywhere, isn't he? The bastard. Um, but he always talks just like that. And he plays the same character, like a booming, shouty now, kind of. Now, this is my point, just going on about James L. Jones for a second. The reason I say he's annoying me slightly is because when you actually do watch him, he actually is the same character in every film. So why is he regarded so highly? Yeah, he's he's mm, he's probably done more than we give him credit for, to be honest. Cause... Probably the choice of films we've done that yeah. make him look like a bit more... Well, the three films we've seen him in, he's playing like kind of an authority figure, kind of like a bit shouty, a bit sort of, you know... Yeah. Uh, but... Anyway, uh, he has also directed uh, The Sum of All Fears, uh, which is um, Jack Ryan film. There's a new Jack Ryan film coming out soon, uh, but this one was with Ben Affleck. I don't know if you saw that one. Never seen that one. No, it's all right. It's 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 been a few years since I've seen it, so I, I can't comment too much. But yeah, and he's and then he kind of went. went he, he hasn't done anything. Uh, but apparently... you have a guess what we're doing this week. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he hasn't done anything for a, well. That was two thousand and two. So apparently, according to IMDb, he has got something lined up for this year called The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. Uh, but I don't know much about that, so I'm not going to talk about it. So um, yes, we are going to spoil the hell out of this film. We didn't say that at the before we started talking about it last time when we talked about Soul Man. But that film's been out since nineteen eighty six, so you should fucking have seen it, or you know, at least know what we're on about. You know what we're all about. Yes, well, I hope God. so. I hope now. Come on, we're if, on the episode. Yeah, catch up, people. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, this is a highbrow podcast, highbrow show about films, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, we are going to spoil the film. Um, shall we listen to the trailer? Yes, bring it on, my friend. Let's play the trailer and see what sneakers is all about. This LTX-71 concealable mic is part of the same system that NASA used when they faked the Apollo moon landings. Worked for them. Shouldn't give us too many problems. They break and enter. How are we doing? Cause and position on the fire escape. Mothers in the cable vault. Carrying to sever master circuit. But they're not thieves. We're getting too old for this. They know your secrets. But they're not spies. Gotta be there somewhere. What's he doing? He's making a relay. Mr. Bishop, do you mind if I take a look? Carl. So people hire you to break into their places to make sure no one can break into their places? It's a living. Not a very good one. Now they've got a new client. National Security Agency. That'll work for the government. Relax, Marty. It's just everybody on your team has had some sort of problem in their past. Now what are you saying? The NSA killed Kennedy? No, they shot him, but they didn't kill him. He's still alive. They may not want the job. Liz, I need your help. I will not be dragged back into your world. But they don't have a choice. We don't want to bust you. We want to hire you. We're the good guys, Marty. Can't tell you what a relief that is, Dick. Your job is to find that little black box. We got it. Holy cow. What the hell is this? There's a war out there, old friend. A world war. Oh, my God. How is this possible? It's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. Anybody want to shut down the Federal Reserve? Hey, don't wait, screw wait, around wait, with that wait. thing. It's all about the information. So it's a code breaker. No, 
It's the code breaker. Battle stations, do you have the item? Can you guarantee my safety? Where is the item? Can you guarantee my safety? Martin, you've got trouble. Here, maybe this might help. An old buddy of mine who was in Desert Storm sent it to me. Of course, he was on the other side. Now give me the bomb! Marty! I'm an excellent marksman, woman. I'm Carl. There's a fire escape at the end of the North Corridor. Go directly north, directly north, about 30 yards. Five seconds. Hang up, Fish. Hang up, they've almost got us. So, that was the trailer. Um, I assume you've listened to the, or watched the trailer prior to doing this, have you? Me, I did, yeah. So, I mean, I, I watched it um, a week or so ago, and I watched it just before we started recording. And I've got to say, it's a bit strange. It's kind of like the tone of the... F- it doesn't really sell the film very well for me. It kind of... No, there's a lot. Sorry, this is the problem because I watched it. Uh, I watched the trailer after I watched the film. Mm. So, so what I just found, I, I found that I was just laughing at a similar parts. If you know what I mean. So, in other words, I, I, it, mm. if I'd watched it beforehand, before seeing the film, maybe I would have felt the same way as you. But well, for me, because I've seen this film quite a lot, a few times, and it for me it's a bit spoiler heavy. Do you know what I mean? The, it it does give away the best parts of the film, which a lot of trailers tend to do that anyway. But I just thought, you know, keep a little bit back, don't give away so much. Just... Yeah, I disagree with that. Really? Yeah, but it, it, it's, it's, got... it's not it's not new. You know, it's not something you can laugh at because you've already. Seen oh, it no, no, no. What I mean is, it, it actually. I mean, a couple of my favourite moments, which we'll talk about later in the, you know, in the in the chat, aren't on the. Then am I echoing? By the way, just. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> am I echoing? By the way. <laughs> Um, yeah, a couple of the uh, uh, brilliant scenes aren't within the trailer, so uh, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, um, but yeah, for me, it's got a bit of a strange tone. It kind of starts off, it's like a, a bit of a caper, you know, it's a bit of a heist kind of caper thing, and it kind of is. That's what the the film's all about. But it's almost as if they're prattling about kind of thing, you know, and and then it kind of takes a bit more of a serious tone. It, I don't know. It just doesn't. For me, it doesn't sell it very well. Okay. But that's my opinion. Should I, should I give it a little synopsis? I think you should. Tell us, tell us what it's all about, mate. Once again, I couldn't say the word properly, but I tell you what, I will get there in the end. You'll do it eventually, when we're up yeah. to about episode 50. <laughs> okay, well, Sneakers was made in 1992 by the director that you mentioned earlier. Well, who is it? I think it was Phil Alden Robinson, all right? It was actually filmed in 1991. Um, and here is a little brief, here we go, synopsis. Ooh, well done. Yeah. Complex but light-hearted thriller about computers and cryptography, government, and espionage, secrets, and deception, and betrayal. I think it's too many hands in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what it says. I mean, it's a caper, isn't it? I mean, if you think of a a caper movie, what what does a caper movie mean to you? Caper? See, caper, it's kind of suggested it's a bit slapsticky. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit... I mean, they they do have fun in this film, but it's kind of like it's more... there's, There's more thriller to it than there is prattling yeah. about there are funny moments but it's kind of there's, there's more of a thriller element as well as well to it do you know what i mean there's a few moments of that actually literally made me laugh out pretty much it may be lulled yeah you're lulled yeah. still three moments in the film and the rest of it i mean obviously we'll talk about it but i mean it, it, it it's it's one of those films where it, it it's sort of funny throughout but with a with a serious tone at the same time yeah it's quite believable 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. So I mean, like, just to, you know, let's just kind of like talk about the cast, not into massive detail, because I mean, I'd imagine most people have heard of the the, the main cast members. Because I mean, there's a, there's a few legends in there. You know, I don't generally throw that round around. Just before we talk about those, I was trying to work out why I hadn't seen this film before, oh, yeah. and I was working out 1992. I really wasn't into watching films around that time. I just moved to London because mm. uh, I'd have been 16 back then. And I don't reckon I really started watching films through probably maybe three or four years later, properly, if you know what I mean. Oh, well, right. Means, yeah. So I've actually probably got a massive plethora of movies around that sort of time that I haven't seen. Plethora or plethora? I call it plethora. Do you? Yeah. So what you Sometimes hadn't... I call it plethora heard. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, so you what, you never really watched any films prior to sort of like you know that age or whatever you, you... Yeah, yeah, no 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 i watched films before then obviously back in the 80s and stuff but without going too deep into it around that time when i hit 16 or whatever it was i was <laughs> going through a bit of a rough patch and i ended up moving away to london so there was there was around that sort of time so if you building up to the you know building up to the early 90s like late 80s i mean all the 80s obviously i was watching films all the time but i would say probably between 92 94 95 something like that i wouldn't have been watching many films Ooh, yeah so yeah you, you've missed a few good ones I've watched some, but the reason I the reason I've had to bring that up is because I'm surprised I hadn't not only seen it, mm. I hadn't heard much about it either. And considering the cast, that surprised me. Well, yeah. I think the, part of the reason why I picked this film is because I like it, obviously, but also because I do. I think that's a genuine point that you make because. I don't know if many people have seen this film because it's one of those that kind of I it didn't seem to come out with a massive amount of fanfare. Do you know what I mean? And because, considering the amount of people, famous stars in it, it's one of those that I think I saw it first on video um, at the time. I never went to the cinema and watched it. And uh, it, I mean, it, got, wasn't, it wasn't a flop, though, was it? No, I think it did quite well financially, but it was yeah. just, yeah, it seemed to sort of like, you know, like I say, no real fanfare. I think it's one of those that. If people have seen it, they enjoy it generally. But um, yeah, just have interest. So, what else would have been around about '92? Because there was obviously other films that perhaps took the limelight away from this. I mean, this was this was on the back end of the '92, I think. Maybe I think September. Yeah, September '92. This came out. You put me on the spot, then. <laughs> I think around that time, you know, it perhaps. Anyway, let's get into that. Let's just chat about. It. I mean, some I of the main, char- the main some of the main characters in there. Main, sorry, some of the main stars in there, perhaps. Uh, would they be regarded as heavyweights at that particular point? Um, well, Robert Redford, I think he, he's he's like I say a legend. You know, he's he's been in one of my all-time favourite films, The Sting. Um, have you seen The Sting? No. Oh wow, well, you, <laughs> that is an absolute classic film. It's and and that's Paul Newman as well, and uh, th- that's got a similar vibe i think more serious in tone than this but he it's a similar he plays a con man kind of thing you know yep. it's, it's all about... there a few times did not they i believe this what sorry i think redford and um matey what's his name again oh, newman they worked together a few times i think yeah yeah they? like uh butch Cassidy and some yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i've seen all those yeah. and stuff yeah. so yeah sydney poitier you know oscar winners aren't they <laughs> so... oh, it makes me laugh when you say that poitier <laughs> yeah poitier Oh, I've said Poitier, yeah. Poitier, Sydney Poitier. 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 I'm a bit more posh than you, though. Uh, you so. are, that, that is true. I'm just a com- common northerner, according to you. Um, uh, Dan Aykroyd, you know, it's Dan Aykroyd, isn't it? Ghostbusters, you always think of films like that. Um, David... No, so he sort of proved that in this film. He actually came across the same character to me. Yeah, generally, I think so, yeah. Um, 
kind of like a geeky, techie yeah. conspiracy nerd. Um, David Strathern, I don't know if you've heard of him. He's been in like LA Confidential and uh, The River Wild, and he he's like a proper character actor. He's you know he's he's a very good actor. And he, he was he was my link to um, Kevin Bacon, The River Wild. Ah, The River Wild. Ooh, very good. Uh, River Phoenix, which I think uh, this is one of his final roles before he passed away. Um, next year, didn't he? Yeah, so. yeah. I remember that actually. That was all over the news. The Viper Club, wasn't it? What was the Viper Club? I think I'm sure it was the Viper Club. What is the Viper Club? Sorry. Oh, it's a club in LA, I think. And he. You mean where he's? Yeah. yeah, yeah. An overdose. Yeah. Anyway. Um. And um. In fact, wasn't he hanging around one of the dudes from is it Red um Chili Peppers? One of their big mates, the bass player. Oh, Flea. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Is that the one I've got? Possibly. Or have I got? He was in a band, wasn't he? I think River Phoenix. Yeah, or have I got it mixed up with someone else who'd done themselves in? I think we, there's lots of conjecture here. <laughs> we could be making all this bullshit up. Um, let's, let's stick to the facts. Um, Mary McDonnell, um, who's been in lots of different things as well. Yeah. She's fit in this film. Oh, oh she is. And also, I mean, obviously, back in 92, when I was 16, okay, she was, I think, 41, 42 in this. Hmm. And now I'm like 37. It's like, yeah. <laughs> That's really like my sort, do you know what I mean? What, now? As she is now or as she was then? Even, even back then. And it's like, now I'm like, my God, she's not far off my age, you know? It's, mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Just, just, thinking, just, just think the buns again all of a sudden, sorry. <laughs> With icing on. Oh, yeah. Well, that sort of icing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, dear. So, yes, this is a caper film. It's a heist film. It's well, These guys um, will come into it, but they're kind of like, they've all got specialities and they do different things and stuff like they break into people's property and banks and all that. Kind of. So, anyway, um, let's go on to the film. So, First of all, I've got to say, I really like the opening title sequence because it's all anagrams with the, the actors and the, the, the director's name and they all kind of like, they say something different, don't they? And then yeah. they come into their own and, and that's kind of like, it sets the tone for the film, doesn't it? I quite like, like that. It's a nice um, opening to it. Um, and then I didn't know this until I started looking on IMDb. Again, I'll admit it when I have to, when I look it up and when, when I actually know it. But um, you know where, the, when, so it, it opens up with um, Marty who is uh, Robert Redford's character. So he he plays a character called uh, Martin Bishop. Um, And um, Cosmo, the young Cosmo, who we won't reveal yet at this stage who he is. Well, shall we? we Just just quickly, actually. So obviously the bit you're talking about is based, was it the late 60s? I think it's like a flashback, isn't it? I would say so. So, yeah, it's kind of like a flashback to the 60s where they're both young. So it's not actually Redford or, uh, fuck it, I'll do it. It's Ben Kingsley, all right? Uh, It's a young Ben Kingsley um, in this. And um, they're they're young guys. They're they're very idealist kind of things. You know, they want to change the world. So they're hacking into different sort of things and they're taking money out of accounts and whatever. And they're, you know, giving it to different good causes and and what. But the opening scene, the clock tower in the background, is Mm. actually the clock tower from Back to the Future. Is it really? It is. Wow, I never knew that. You do now. I'm not not as if I knew anyway because I had no history with this film. But <laughs> I mean, I never I never knew that for the last twenty minutes we've been chatting. <laughs> oh well, there you go. So Thank maybe you. somebody other people didn't know either. So mm. now they do. That's the point. What do you think? What did you think? But that whole the beginning bit, uh, it becomes quite clear that they're into their computers, aren't they? Yeah, and like you say, I think this is the the early 
stages of computers and everything else because you can tell it's quite very retro and if i'm not retro in terms of video games or anything more retro than that even but um i'm gonna say setting felt right didn't it, it just... yeah and it like how it opens to be like an old kind of like tube tv so the, the 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 picture actually you know the um the actual picture rather than going like full widescreen or whatever it's like a, a tv kind of thing you're looking back into the past which is quite nice um so they're, they're kind of fiddling things they're hacking into different things and whatever and i've got to say the guy who plays uh, the young redford i think he's spot on he looks and sounds just right. like him that was my thing i thought that was some of the best casting ever because i must admit like i always do i started watching the film and i sort of missed it didn't quite occur to me that this was back in the 60s. I think I missed when it came up because there is a prompt where it comes up on the screen. It actually gives the date within the film. And I missed that. And I must admit, from the long shots, I was thinking, God, he looks a bit, he looks really young. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Jesus. I thought, really? You look that young 20 years ago? And then, of course, obviously, it hit me that this is not Robert Redford. But I think the likeness was pretty good, you know? Oh, I thought so. I mean, I mean it could have been. Um... Redford's voice, I guess, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with that ADR kind of thing. But I don't think it was. I think it was like a proper impression or impersonation of him. But he, he looks the part. He looks really spot on. Um, and then Cosmo, he's kind of like the geeky guy kind of thing. So Redford, as he is, you know, Red, Robert Redford, he's like, you know, one of the best looking guys in the world. I always think that Brad Pitt is kind of like the Redford of today to a certain oh, extent. He totally, kind of... totally. Although I'd say that Redford, in fact, is a better looking man as an older man. Um I don't think uh, I'm the judge of good-looking men. <laughs> I don't think I don't think this Brad, is the I mean, Heat magazine um, podcast. Everybody, people fornicate, don't they, over uh, Brad Pitt? But I would say that Red. I mean, even now, I mean, he's like late seventies and he's still a good-looking man. Oh, he's got know? it. Oh, yeah, he's just yeah. one of these people that's blessed with looks. I think you know? it's lucky because I'm very similar. You know, <laughs> yeah, me <laughs> with my jaw. You know what I mean, I've got like I've got the proper old-fashioned square jaw. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas now most men. A very ladylike. <laughs> As I just did a ladylike gig. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm quivering with it, just thinking about your looks. <laughs> the thing I've got missing is the hair, the, the acting ability, the money. Oh, quite a few bits I've got missing, I suppose. No, yeah. But I'm one. You know, sexy. folks on the on the square jaw. That's, that's it's square jaw, sexy mofo. <laughs> um, let's go. What we what we're doing? All right, yeah. So, um. So yeah, they're in this building, they're hacking, stealing money, and Marty says to Cosmo, don't worry, we're never going to get caught, you know, kind of thing. And it's a bit of fun, aren't they? Just, just yeah, be... it's it's kind of like, you know, they're doing it because, they're, like I say, they're all ide- idealists. They're sort of, you know, they want to take money from the, the rich and give it to the poor kind of thing. We've got a Robin Hood thing going, I guess. So anyway, um, as fate would have it, um, they... Cosmo flips a coin or he puts it in his hand, you know, and, and he, Marty has to pick to, to, to go out and get the pizza. Whoever loses goes out and gets the pizza. So Marty loses. And lucky that happened. Well, exactly. Because as I say, but the thing is, Cosmo cheated. And this kind of like runs through the film, like this kind of like bluff and double bluff, the deception kind of thing. So okay. he cheats and, uh, you know, there's no coin in his hand. He's hidden it all along. But as I say, as fate would have it. Marty uh, goes out for pizza and he sees the police pull up and they uh, go in and they take away Cosmo. He's being dragged away, kind of like he's, he's screaming and whatever. And he goes, that, you know, it does that bit where they're looking at the window. And the thing that always surprises me, you've, you've obviously got this. What the, like, I would imagine they would have been the FBI, wouldn't they? Yeah, it was the police and they were going suits and hats. So I'd imagine they were the FBI. Yeah. So you would think they would sort of perhaps keep an eye on people who are outside the building as well. This is exactly the point I made because like he's 
kicking the window in, basically. He's screaming at the window, Cosmo, Marty, Marty. <laughs> it's like the police, the, the, you know, they're, they're not thinking. He's calling for someone called Marty. They actually it's don't the look window. out the window. They don't actually don't look out the window. He's looking at the window. He's he's standing outside. <laughs> You know, and they don't even like think about it. Yeah. Well, well, we must have an accomplice. No, he's just mad. <laughs> he's just he's just an idiot. So yeah. yeah, he like smashes the window out, shouted out Marty, Marty. It's like it's hilarious. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, there's even like a shot where he's sort of standing there for quite a while, looking at each other. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of they, they would have nabbed him. They would have grabbed him at that point. You know? You'd think so. But anyway, so cut to present day, and I think. <laughs> jump into the end a little bit i think if you do overanalyze this film you are going to pick holes in it but um i'm not going to give away what i think of it until but every time we pick to be honest right unless it's a bloody god awful film okay which we do have some of them obviously like you know last week's or last couple of weeks but i mean the point is we will pick holes in them but we'll also try and look at the positives and stuff oh god yeah and the reason this is believable it's because of the things that happen within the film the fact that they are older guys and they're not as good as they once were and stuff so that stuff all does come in to the movie like oh, it would do you know it's just a really funny bit i keep getting flashbacks of watching this film and <laughs> well, certain bits, so. we'll come to that so when it cuts to the present day and marty's kind of carried on with his uh history if you like that he's he's uh he's a uh, well they're all sneakers so he's kind of like he's but the thing is he's kind of he's dreaming about this moment that's what that's the impression you get because he's asleep and he wakes up and that's it he's cut to present day and they're about to do this job this sneak on a bank and essentially what they're doing is breaking into banks and things like that to test their security to find out how good or bad it is and then do a re- give a report back to the people who own the bank and all that kind of stuff so you get introduced to the team properly later on but you kind of see the guys it's it's very quick and everything else but there's a guy called whistler who is the smartest man in the in, in the film essentially i think he's the guy who's he's smarter than everybody and he's well, uh, they've all got their positions within that all, group. yeah they've all got different specialities but i yeah. just think he he figures everything out he is the man who saves the day and everything else right. but, i mean there's some farcical moments as well with him yeah, well, at the start, he's yeah. kind of, he's introduced because he's he's blind, should point out, but he's reading Playboy, uh, which I always thought was quite amusing kind of thing. But, you know, I can't believe he didn't, yeah, I can't believe he didn't actually have any, like, dark glasses on and he was shaking his head left and right. <laughs> well, like C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Doing the Stevie Wonder thing. <laughs> so, um, uh, but, and also, because um, it was pointed out on uh, to, uh, to us on Twitter that somebody thought maybe the link between Soul Man and this film is because when you're introduced to River Phoenix, he's blacking up. <laughs> And um, and what's his name? Um, uh, Sydney Poitier. Poitier. Yeah, you can call it what you like. You can call him Sid if you want. Sid. Sid. Yeah. Uh, he's his character's called Donald Crease, and uh, he's an ex CIA guy. And he um, kind of looks at him as if to think, "What the fuck are you doing?" Kind of thing. Look, you know? just, he's just taking quick, a piss. Yeah, but just quickly for a minute, is there actually a setup? To how, I can't remember. Was there a setup to how these guys met and got together and started it? I don't think there was. Was there? Not really. They just, are we just presuming they've been doing it for like twenty odd years? Yeah, so? it's kind of implied that they've all had issues with the law at some point, and they've all just kind of fallen together as this band of. Yeah brothers if you want to call it you know this kind of team of uh, misfits so to speak so anyway um they cut the alarms and they break in and i've got to say this is a genius part and it's in the trailer i don't think it's redford but oh, he, he goes no, no. to jump over this counter and he does this superb trip i mean it's like <laughs> i don't think you can do that if you tried yeah i mean <laughs> If it's fake, it is the best fake trip you have ever seen. Because he, he goes to clear this, this counter and he kind of just misses the top of it. You know, I guess we've all done it when we've been dipping over things. But it's like, Jesus Christ, did they mean to do that? It's just amazing. No, they did. Because even what, you know, unless he ad-libbed 
there, you know, if he ad-libbed literally at that point after about, be, you know, I'm not as young as I was, that sort of thing. You yeah, know, I think it's to point out, you know. Cause it definitely was planned and it was so, but it looks like Redford. I even watched that a bit a few times because that, that, it was at this moment I actually laughed out. It just made me laugh. It's because you don't expect it, do you? I, I mean, you know, it's so. Well, I didn't because I hadn't seen the trailer. But had I ever seen the trailer, I would have known that that was going to happen. Yeah. So, oh, there you go. There's a tip. If you're going to watch this film, don't watch the trailer first, okay? So anyway, um, then they they break in, they do the thing, they get all the money, and then he's got he goes to collect the money uh, from the the teller, and they like you know because they've got away with it essentially, and he goes up to the board members, and he goes to say that like, these are all the faults of the security and everything. And this is something else that I noticed that now there's a, a basically a load of stuffy old blokes sat there. There's also a woman there. But, now I don't, it's because she's got short hair, but he goes, gentlemen, these are the problems with your security. It's like, there's a woman there. Yeah, but they didn't matter, did they, back then? (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Um, So anyway, they go back to their office, celebrating, doing this, that and the other. And then these two guys from the NSA, um, the National Security Agency, is it? They show up and... Uh, this is when you kind of properly introduce the team and they have like a resume or is it resume or resume? <laughs> resume. Fucking hell. We're getting... When I was younger, I used to go, have you got a resume? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it is res- resume. It's resume. Resume, yeah. yeah. Like tresume. Actually, actually, it's resume. Resume. If you're American. Oh, all oh, right. Resume. So anyway, <laughs> these guys, they kind of like read out these resumes about the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about each character and so uh just to go through it so robert redford obviously says his Mar- name's martin bishop and then Sidney poitier uh poitier donald crease he's ex-cia um david Stratham, he's uh, nicknames whistler and then dan Aykroyd's mother they're kind of like he's blind so he's good at hearing things he's good at sound and all that kind of stuff and computers uh mother dan Aykroyd, he's kind of good at the the hacking stuff the um, what do you call them more t- sort of like the more practical stuff like cutting wires and doing all that. They all had their part. I love it. it. Yes, they've all got, like, individual um, characters, I guess. You know, you could imagine they've kind of, like, they've sat down and thought, okay, this is is the, the sort of, like, format... What is what about my character you know, and everything else? Um, and then I say you've got um, River Phoenix. He's got his own character and all this kind of stuff. He, he was quite. Like, he wasn't. He, he was quite underused in this film. Yeah, I, I think he's much as prominent as the others. He's kind of like I guess the good-looking. Not all action because he's a bit of a wuss, really, isn't he? But uh, he, I just thought of the farcical ending. By the he's way, just a bit of a fetcher and carrier kind of. It was a bit at the end. I mean, it's just farcical, you know, in the sense of when we get to it you know right at the end yeah. his, wishes, his wishes it's like really yeah it is a bit soft so well, she wasn't even, she wasn't even a looker oh, i think she got a fucking square jaw <laughs> she did i was like jaw <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway that they, they um each, each of them all had run-ins with the law so they're all kind of like say you know kind of rogues and everything else um but they know that marty has changed his identity and he's like I was bricking himself. So they kind of like say, you know, we want you to do this job. And he says, I'm not interested in the NSA and everything else. But then they kind of leave him with a, um, what do you call it, a mugshot of his, his, his previous identity. And so he's like shitting himself now because it's like, oh, man. But the thing is, right, I don't know about you, but I kind of got the impression that these guys were bad guys from the off. Um, Did you? I didn't trust them at all you know he didn't have to see any credentials particularly he didn't check them out he just yeah. kind of went along with it didn't he yeah i think so but then i think because they i suppose it's just believable because they had this information about him i just imagine he presumed but then really 
why did it take them so long to sort of... They would have come to him years and years before this, but no, they wouldn't have waited until this point, 20-odd years later, to try and take him down, would they? If it had been that... I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay, so what they want him to do is that um, they want him to steal this black box. And it's... that's pretty much all that's explained at that point. And it's called something called C-Tech Astronomy. And they offer to pay him and his team $170,000 and quash all his outstanding warrants and everything else. And um, it's kind of implied at that point that you find out that Cosmo, who was caught by the police and the FBI, he got 12 years in prison and it's implied that he died. Okay, so that's it. That's, you know, kind of everything. So then he goes back to the team and he hasn't told them anything about this. So he tells them about his past and they're kind of all a bit you know oh man i can't believe you didn't tell us you know before and this that and the other and um there's quite a funny scene at that stage where they're kind of like you know they're saying oh you know if you're not going to do it for me kind of you know do it for the money kind of thing and they, they basically say well we'll do it for the money we're not, we're not bothered about keeping you out of prison kind of thing it's like it's yeah. it carries on that tone doesn't it it's kind of like yeah, yeah. Quite, quite witty at the same you know yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you, you're introduced to Liz and there's obviously a little bit of animosity between her and, and Marty because you find out that they used to be together. Um, and I've got to say, we've kind of mentioned this a little bit, but she is hot. Oh, I mean, she, you know, what can I say? She's smart. She's sassy. She's sexy. Yeah. She's sophisticated. She ticks all those boxes perfectly. She does. For me. Oh, just... <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the way she dresses and everything else, you know, you can imagine. Do you think she never actually gets her kit off, does she? Mm, no, not really. Damn shame, isn't it? <laughs> not come on, come on, come on! <laughs> she kind of, I suppose if you, well, bet she's better, but she kind of reminds me a little bit of Sally Kirkland's character, but better. You know what I mean? She's kind of like, she's a fitter old, older woman. I mean, but she, but yeah, but, but she's, as I say, she, I think she's about 41, 42 in this. So she was much she's a bit younger. younger. I think she's yeah. got more of a sense of humour anyway. She, she, she's quite a, a nice character, but she's pretty much the lone female of the of the group, if you like. So jaw woman at the end, but. There you are. Jaw woman at the Still end. Jaw woman. <laughs> Jaws. Um, <laughs> so Liz and Marty, they go to this lecture. So he kind of like agrees to do the job. And Liz and Marty go to this lecture uh, to see this guy called Janik, who is this, the, the, the kind of the, the, scientist if you like the developer of this black box and he's talking about unbreakable codes and then they meet this russian consul who marty knows from his past and they don't quite trust him and everything else he doesn't really fit into the film until a bit later on he's kind of like he's there for a purpose but it's like well disregard him for now he's not that important and it turns out that mr big brain janik is a bit of a horny bastard because he gets a booty call doesn't he Mm. and uh and that's kind of like how they realize what that's our way in this is how we're gonna get get to him basically so then he's in his office janik is and the the team are perving on him kind of thing they're watching uh-huh. him and um and they, they're sort of like this russian um doctor or whatever she comes in and she's like seducing him and everything she's quite nice as well actually i, I thought must... she was quite fit and i don't know if it's because just the outfit that she was wearing i've got a thing oh, for yeah. outfits. it's kind of like you know that professional woman kind of thing you know, with the heels and the blows and the skirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the blows come open at the front at one point. You can see the lovely um, bra and stuff. <laughs> we are <laughs> a couple of perverts. <laughs> well, I won't, well, I won't, well, I won't deny that. Though. Oh, sorry. Well, so anyway, they're kind of like they're perving on him. It's quite a nice little scene where they all they all want to watch, but there's only one camera and everything else. I think and... it's that. Well, it's that as well. It's the way these these characters gel together for whatever yeah. reason, and it's the way that it's the sort of. Um, I think is it not Sidney Poitier who actually. Does he not 
sort of um, take the mickey. What's the younger guy's name? Who's River Phoenix character at the end? I can't remember. I think, I think he, sees, he sees Maud, isn't he? River Phoenix to start with. Oh, Carl. Yeah, his character's name's Carl. Yeah. And they're all sort of they're all bantering a little bit between each other, and like trying to be professional, but at the same time trying to get a little sneak. You know. It's like yeah, Redford's watching, then they because they're on, it's on the audio. It's like in the speaker, sort of yeah. like in the the van, and so like you know he's just like she's growing in a bit. He's kind of like pushing her off, kind of because he's like I'm busy, I'm busy. I mean yeah, right. You've got this woman who's ripping a top off, kind of thing. And he's like, you know, but the funniest thing is about his dialogue in this, Janix, is that he's being seduced by this woman. She's coming on to him and everything else. She rips the top off uh, or, you know, pulls it open a bit so you can see a bra. And he then he goes, he agrees to shag her, basically. But then he says, oh, just for a little while. Like, hey, <laughs> like you're just going to shag her for like five minutes. and then Well, it would be in my case probably as well. <laughs> That's quite good for you. That's twice. <laughs> um so as i say for me the smartest man in the team is whistler because even though he's blind um they're trying to figure out where this black box is because they're saying it's in his office well because like they they've you know they've got the camera set up on his keyboard but they can't see it because she's obscuring the view for his passwords and everything else so and he figures out where the black box is because it's actually hidden inside an answering i can't quite remember how he figures that out i can't remember because she says oh i can't do a russian accent oh oh no, I can't wait. <laughs> just go now, just, just, just for the effect. Just. I'll have a little go. Oh, I leave a message, but you do not call. <laughs> I leave it on answer service or whatever. And it's like, because they're saying, like, you know, they, they describe the things in the office and whatever. And he says, yeah, there's an answer machine on his desk. And he goes, guys, it's on his desk. And they're like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, Listen to what he's saying. And, or she's saying, it's like, I leave a message, but you do not call. And it's like, it's... It, the answer phone it, that's where it's hidden on his on his um desk so anyway they they pull this heist kind of thing they go to the hotel where he is and um this is another this great, is one of my favorite scenes. it's a great scene this is because it's kind of like, well the lead up to it as well i think you know just the kind of so marty goes to break in to get the uh the box he goes in he pulls out a lockpick and then he, he's like shit it's got it's one of those digital kind of things you know it's a keypad you have to type in so he's got an earpiece in his, his ear obviously he's talking to the other guys he's talking to mother and uh and crease and he's like um how do you break into this it's like um and so anyway he's getting his he's tr- sort of on the lines going we, we didn't expect this to have this digital keypad thing going on but it's quite clever because they just keep their they keep the camera on redford's face don't they and he's sort of nodding along to all the instructions yeah, going, so yeah. he's going um so how do you do it and they're like flicking open books and he you know, and everything else and it's quite you know they're going to figure it out there's this really complicated way of how you get into this electronic key key uh, pad he's taking instructions and he's going uh-huh yeah okay yeah okay all right okay i'll try that right that sounds good <laughs> and then it's like okay well here goes and then it's like he boots the door off doesn't he superb. And Super. it, it's so well done you know it's just start and, it, and then he goes back to them yeah that worked you know and it's just that kind of you know kind of funny just this then leads up to another great scene, doesn't it, shortly? This scene, I've seen this so many times, but it is, um, it makes me laugh out loud all the time. Because he's looking for, he's like getting the box and everything else. And wouldn't you know it, Janet's girlfriend, um, who was ripping her top off, and, oh, you do not call. And um, he, he, she comes in and finds Marty and discovers it. And, he, like, you know, he grabs her from behind and he sort of, like, you know, puts his hand over. All that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he start, he's blagging it kind of thing. And it, so he's, he's basically, he's, wait, he's playing for time, isn't he, to try and get some, some information off the other guys who, who, who are listening in. Yeah, to figure out what, you know, her, back, her background and everything else. And 
and it's so that they're kind of like doing little checks on her at the same time and everything else and so he's playing for time and everything else and he prevent he pretends he's like this uh, private investigator and they say so the other guys are giving him information on the fly and they're telling him what to say they're gently just <laughs> taking it. the piss aren't they <laughs> kind of it's he's, he's in this tense situation he's like you know and he's there's not... even it's the comedy timing because there's bits where they're, they're because they are thinking and taking a bit of extra time he obviously has to take a bit of extra time within his own conversation so he'll like say something like i can't remember what he says exactly but he says it's because and he like pauses and then sits down next to her and goes it's because like he repeats it again because he's still waiting to hear what they had to say and, and he goes like you know if you're gonna love him just keep on loving him and <laughs> <laughs> and don't stop loving him and it's kind yeah. of like you know all this kind of stuff and it's really funny as one, and then would say one of the the funniest bits for me is um, so he say you know if you're gonna love him just keep on loving him, and then um, mother uh, sorry not mother um, Whistler goes in the earpiece and give him head whenever he asks. Oh, this oh, is brilliant. And I just cry, I laugh out loud every time. What does he say? Because I can't remember what he says to that. He does start to say it, and he goes then... and give him hey, yeah, and 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 then be a beacon. Or any kind of like, you know, it just makes it up as you go. Like, and then, oh man, it's so funny. It just makes me laugh. Um, so anyway, they pull it off. They go back to the, uh, they're kind of like den, if you want to call it their office. And um, they're all kind of dancing with Liz. And this is kind of like a funny scene. Cause like, they're all kind of a bit like, you know, uh, Carl's dancing a bit weird. I get, was it some party? It's like a bit of a party, I guess. To sort of like decorations sh- up. It's like a Christmas. It's like decorations galore. It's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? When have they got the time to bloody pull, do this? Yeah. You know? So, they, but anyway, they start having a bit of a dance with Liz, and uh, guess what? Dan Aykroyd is the best dancer at the lot of them. Of course he is, because he's a frigging blues brother. That's you know, <laughs> he's the best dancer. Um, he's had practice. Uh, mind you, actually, seen him, remember him dancing blue, the Blues Brothers? All he does, he kind of like jog up and down on the spot, kind of thing. A Another little... film I've not seen. What? Another film I've not seen. Oh bloody hell! Bits okay. of bobs I have. But just to have never sat down and watched the whole thing. I haven't seen it for a few years. It's, uh, for me, it was always just the car chase and everything else that kind of... Anyway. Um, so anyway, they're, they're chatting about how they're going to split the money. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Whistler, he sits down. I don't know if he was doing it to stay in character or whatever. But he's got like a drink and whatever. And he does the the blind thing really well, in my opinion. I think he, he really comes across as if he's got no sight. But he kind of like, he drops his drink on his lap and he doesn't even flinch. No, you, yeah, that, that's ridiculous because you, you might be blind, but you can still feel things. Exactly. I just <laughs> thought <laughs> he, he, you can see kind of like fall into his lap, can't you? And he's like, uh, okay, you're blind, but you're not fucking. You got no sense of feeling, for Christ's sake. Or maybe he has in his groin. You never know. Is that <laughs> does that affect blind people? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I, I doubt it as well. I, I jest. Um, <laughs> but the equipment right. they've got as well. I mean, is amazing. The equipment that he uses is incredible. Oh, totally. <clears throat> and um, I think that um, so then they're, they're playing Scrabble and uh, Whistler and Carl are just prattling about with this box kind of thing with the computer. And you got Mother there and he's like kind of got this this thing and he's like messing with the points. And they're just kind of playing around with it. And Chris says, oh, I wouldn't mess around with that kind of thing. So anyway, Marty then starts to have this bit of an epiphany because he's like seeing all the words jumbled up and everything else with the Scrabble. And he starts to think that maybe C-Tech astronomy means something totally different. And then they start doing these anagrams to sort of like figure out what the different what it might might mean. Um, yeah. And whilst Whistler and Carl are kind of messing out with the box, and for my in my opinion, this is a really great scene because the music, um, who the composer for this um, film was James Horner, who 
he's got a very distinctive style. I think you know, you, you if you've heard some of his other films, like he did Commando, he's always kind of like um, in Patriot Games. He did more recently Avatar. He kind of like. He always does the sort of like the, or he used to in the 80s anyway, sort of this, the steel drums. If you've seen Red Heat, 48 Hours, they all kind of sound yeah. sound a little bit similar. Because I will say this soundtrack's very 80s, isn't it, as well? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it, it, it's, but the thing for me, the, the, the music in it complements this scene perfectly because it's kind of playful, but it's quite tense and threatening at the same yeah, time. Yeah. It's like they're guys, they those guys are figuring something out, like um, Marty and everyone. They're kind of like playing the, the Scrabble, you know, putting some. This weird... is what I like. It's the fact you've got this party environment thing going on. You're sort of going, yeah, 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 we're having fun, that sort of thing. But all of a sudden, it, the, the, it can all of a sudden get very um, serious as well. You yeah. know, I like the way it turns quickly. And then they figure out this anagram, and just as they do that, so the the the, the, um, the uh, Whistler, he starts he's like whoa he unlocks something totally you know it sort of happens at the same time they shouldn't be doing this and so the anagram that they figure out for sea astronomy is too many secrets there was a funny one though before that wasn't there yeah uh it's something to do with so, rats i think and whatever and it was just like no i mean because he's going through lots of different anagrams and then they're all going no no and then get to the, yeah, they get to the too many secrets i mean they were pretty quick at doing this but i suppose for time's sake you'd have to <laughs> i've been there for like fucking hours i can't yeah. spell <laughs> Oh shit! At Scrabble. Um, so anyway, and then they start accessing things that are impossible, such as the Federal Reserve, and you know, quite chilling, I guess. Like, because he, um, he whistlers kind of like make you fun a little bit, and you think it's quite chilling because he goes, "Hey, hey do you want to take over air traffic now control this... and crash a load of some four sevens?" That was the weird bit of dialogue. I didn't see the funny side. I'm assuming. Well, he wasn't doing it to perhaps be funny, just to, I guess, point out... That point out how much power they have. Exactly, the yeah. And right. they could fuck up some, some serious shit, shit with this... this I don't know why, I don't know it was, but when he said that about dropping the you know, the, the passenger jet, I, I, I immediately just think of children. I know it sounds stupid. Oh, but I imagine no. families and children within a plane, you know, and I thought, well, that's a bit harsh, you know? But, yeah, well, I mean, whenever I think of stuff like that, I was thinking 9-11, do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. uh, but anyway, um, so... Uh, then Carl, he he's randomly got this little black book, which has got all these codes to get into things that you can't access. And he's like, oh, there's no point typing this in because he's, you know, you'll never get into it or whatever. But you can tell he's not really typing the codes. He's just like tapping yeah. the numbers like randomly, isn't he, kind of thing on the keyboard. Oh, yeah, but that's how they do it in these sorts. Yeah, I know, but it pisses me off. Like when people are playing video games, you can tell they're not because they're fucking tilting the controller. They're pressing things that they're not really. My mother does that. Oh, oh, it winds me up. That <laughs> you think that they have a bit more, they do a bit more research. You go, actually, playing a video game, you just generally sit there. You don't, you know, you don't have to like really tap the, the keys down. I don't know if you can hear me tapping that on my desk. can hear that, yes. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> on, I'll do it to the keyboard. That's better. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh shit, I've just typed up my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. I hope you're tapping on the keyboard. Well, I'm not tapping on my groin. So <laughs> Marty and Crease, they go to give the black box to these NSA guys. And this is another thing. Again, if you analyse this film, it starts to unravel a little bit. So Crease is standing there by the car and he, Marty goes over to the two guys. Here's the black box, yada, yada, yada. And Crease just so happens to see a newspaper in the back of Marty's yeah, car yeah. Yeah. with a massive headline that says, oh, Janik has been killed. And these two dudes are about to kill Marty, and Crease calls out to him, and he goes, "It's your mother." Now on the phone. 
the, these are the funny bits. And well, no, 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 no. The reason this is odd is the fact that look, these guys are right, are going right. They're, they're bad guys, right? They are bad people, right? These ones, and, and it's probably this is the. Uh, you know, you said earlier you felt that they they came across as obviously being a bit bad. I thought this was at this point. I thought they looked very, very dodgy. Obviously, you then see him sort of go to try and pull a gun out of his case, didn't yes. you? Right. Yes. But now, now, just, just, just explain this to me. If these guys are going to kill you, all right, even if someone shouts from behind and goes, it's your mother on the phone, do you not think that they would just shoot him anyway, even at that point still? Well, yeah, and also, I mean, his mum might be alive. He, he kind of comments on it. He goes, well, she's old kind of thing. Yes. But you know you know yourself, because they read out all these, like, resumes about all these people that they know what the names of these people are. They know that his name, his nickname, one of the team members is Mother. So, like, you know, and he's so obvious about it. He goes, it's your mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you think, yeah. hang on, there's something. But what I'm trying to say is, let's say it hadn't, that phone call hadn't come. They were going to get shot anywhere at that point, wouldn't they? Surely at that particular point. You know, you know, no other buggers around, is there? <laughs> right? So they're going to get shot at that point. But I don't see why just having to walk away for a couple of seconds, would that stop them getting shot? You'd still just shoot them at that point. You know? Yeah, you just shoot them in the back. Yeah. Or and yeah. also, presumably, because it's Marty's car, it is fucking newspaper. And you think, hang on, I'll just buy the newspaper. I won't bother reading it. I'll just chuck it in the back. Hey, Marty, you're thick twat. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's a bit of a thick twat. When he comes down to, but he's Robert Redford, so we'll forget yeah, exactly. it. So, um... So anyway, then they he escapes, they drive off, and he realises he's been played. And you think, God, you've just taken... The, it's taken you this long to realise that they, you've been played because they go back to the building that he originally went to. It's been demolished. Yeah, that's and, quite creepy if you imagine that sort of stuff happening. Oh, totally, yeah. And you, go, you think, didn't you check this out before you're doing your job? Your job is to snoop about for people as a living. You didn't check these guys out before you did anything. But anyway, so... um. Marty then goes, he takes Creasy's gun and he goes to confront uh, the Russian consul. This is this guy that, who's sort of like I say, he appeared briefly and you think, well, he's going to have a bit more of a prominent role because he's kind of like, it's implied that he was a spy for the Russians, but now he's kind of employed by the US government and whatever. So he, anyway, and um, he goes off with um, uh, with this guy um, who's caught, oh, what's his friggin' name? Gregor, Gregor. And he goes off with him, he's in his car and he says like, Marty, you have to trust me. If you want to stay alive, essentially, you have to sit in this car and I can give yeah, you Yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't trust him at this point. No, totally didn't trust him. It's like, and that's, that's a good point in this film. It's like, who do you trust kind of thing? Um, so anyway, the car gets stopped because there's a police car behind it. And um, they Marty steps out of the car because he doesn't trust Gregor either. And they take his gun. And this is where you realise that they're killers because they kill Gregor. They they um, frame Marty for it. They kidnap him. Um, and they stick him in the boots, and so like all you know, there's bits where you can see him driving off, and you can hear all he can hear it literally is like the, the kind of creases in the road or the right, yeah. And so that that's the only bits because I was because I've seen this sort of thing happen in other movies before. I was actually thinking to myself, right, just concentrating what you can hear and that sort of thing at that point yeah. when I was watching it, and that's all I could hear was just the noise of the road. Yeah. But later on, he feels that he hears a lot more. Well, yes, he, he thinks he can hear a cocktail party. Yeah. Um, well, well, you're probably going to get that bit. Could say a little bit. So anyway, this is where you discover uh, da, 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 that Cosmo is alive, and yes. it's actually Ben Kingsley, and he's still a geeky bastard because he's got a stupid ponytail. <laughs> that ponytail's awesome. It's fucking awful. He's grey-haired, <laughs> and he's got the worst ponytail. It's like one of those ponytails that's kind of like the. It's like a little rat tail, isn't it? It's like a pointless ponytail, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's a bit weird, but it, that's, I guess, to demonstrate that he's still a bit of a geeky 
git and he, it's not you're not quite sure when you meet him what he's um kind of motivations are or anything else because it's kind of like he flips between being uh, kind of like under the control of these gangsters to then saying you know oh we can be idealists again and whatever and do you remember our past to then kind of like framing marty and turning to right evil bastard so it's kind of implied he's saying that you know i helped these gangsters in prison they arranged for my early release and now he wants the box because basically it can expose them because it'll unravel all his kind of you know, it'll hack all his programming and whatever, all yeah. all his cover up of their finances. And he kind, like I say, he kind of pretends not to be in charge. But I got the feeling he's in charge all the time. This is him. This is kind of like he's built himself up. But yeah, I never felt like he wasn't. I felt that like he was the guy in control. Yeah, but it's it's a bit strange that it's never quite kind of you know. I suppose it's left more for you to figure out. So they're having this. Well, hang on a minute. That's because he also not. Yeah, he does the thing of keeping quiet, whisper, and that sort of thing. So yeah, because they go into this like kind of little glass room. And it's like he goes, you know, come over here. And we'll talk where nobody can listen do you not find it very futuristic a little bit yeah i think the thing for me which kind of like stood out was that they're having this conversation about making banks fail and i thought you know what that's funny that is because step forward about 15 years wow look what's happened and you know so that's kind of like um it's like wow, looking into looking into the future and everything but let's say then he turns really sinister because he can he types into his uh database and everything you know and he's going right I'm going to change this and you're going to be discovered by the FBI kind of thing. And then they'll find this outstanding warrant and all lead back to you, basically. So and, and then... Why do they let him live, by the way? Well, yeah, that's a bit strange. I don't... Why didn't you just kill him there? And kill him and then just get rid of all his records anyway and then there's nothing to worry about. Why, why would you let him off the leash to give him some chance to actually come back and clear his name? Maybe because he wanted him to suffer as he had suffered in prison, perhaps. But it wasn't his fault that he was in prison kind of i get well it kind of was i guess because, he got, no. what, because he got away well i don't i guess he kind of held a grudge because he flipped the wrong side of the coin well if you think about it he fucked up because he actually well no no no, no okay right so it's because marty said nothing will happen to you well we won't get caught and they get they did get caught so i'm guessing that's it but oh, you can't blame oh that's ridiculous i'm sorry <laughs> If we were up to all this nonsense like trying to hack things and i was to turn around and say to you well, don't worry we'll never get caught son you blame me for the rest of your life if you ever got caught. I might do. You're risking it yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, you told me it's fine. This <laughs> is another discussion. Shut up. So, but anyway, I kind of I made a note, but because like I don't know if they did it on purpose, but they, you can tell that they shot this film in San Francisco because a, they basically they drop him off in San Francisco. And in the background is Alcatraz. Right. And then there's another shot in the film where in the background is the Golden Gate Bridge. That's in San Francisco, isn't it? The old yes, it is. Yeah. So, and it's, I mean, they do that in films, don't they? Oh, the it's old streets of... of San Francisco used to have that. Oh, I used to have that with uh, yeah. Michael Carl, Douglas. Carl Malden, was it? That was him. He got it with a funny nose, the bulbous yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah, I used to love that. Yeah. yeah. I watched that as a kid as well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so they chuck him out of the car, and then um, the team sets up in Lizzie's house, because uh, obviously they can't go back to their their own base um and the sneak now is about saving them and marty and so they make this call to and this is another fantastic scene for me they make this call to the real nsa oh, i love this which is what they should have in the first fucking place to be quite honest with you but still um and it's a really great tense scene they set it all perfectly because they kind of set up this like whistler saying i'm going to set up this trace so basically it's going to be the hardest trace that they'll ever also have. right so he sets it up i think it's between nine regions of the world all yeah. right so i think why not just do it at 15 just to be sure 
<laughs> uh, yeah, it's a bit of extra work, though. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's a lazy bastard. Um, and then uh, Mother, he sets up like this kind of like... Um, what do you call it? Uh, the lie detector kind of thing. Well, it's like it's, it was like a... Um, cri- uh, polygraph, uh, polygram is po- it? Polyg- polygraph. Polygraph, yeah. yeah, polygraph, yeah. But it, it, he makes a point of saying it, it, it will do. It's not quite the, the real deal, but it yeah, will do. it'll yeah. test the stress in the other guy's voice to find out if he's lying or not. So, so anyway, they phone up and it's on speakerphone. Yeah. So, um, it's only bloody Darth Vader. Well, it, yes, I didn't recognise. I didn't know when I think back to it the first time I watched it. I didn't know it was him at the time. Right. Can I be honest with you? Go on. I didn't realise. No. Nah. See, and that's why, because you were pushing it last time. You're going, you know, what's the link? And I was like, listen, it'll be a surprise for you. Don't. But, yeah, but the problem is it's not, because what I did, as soon as you told me what the film it was, I went and checked it all out, looked well, at the cast members. you shouldn't, should you? Why not? Because it's the, it ruins the surprise. I bet you went around sneaking for <laughs> Christmas presents at Christmas, didn't you? Uh, no, I, ne- I, ne- I, ne- I never got Christmas presents. Ah, oh, you get an orange. Oh, God, a mouldy fucking orange. <laughs> I just get oranges and apples. If my kids got that now, they'd beat the shit out of me. A bit of coal. <laughs> Never got coal. <laughs> so anyway, um, so he, the, the NSA goes on the speakerphone. He's asking all sorts of questions. You know, can we do a deal? Is it safe? Whatever. And they're tracing. And it's like the trace is like shit hot because it's like almost there kind of thing. Another the tension thing, moment in it. I love it, it when they... Yeah, yeah, it's a good tension moment. And it, But the thing is, right, well, okay, so on speakerphone, Marty's there. but And like Mother's kind of like whispering in the background, true or false. But then, like, they'll start shouting. It's like, he's there, hang up, hang up, bish. And it's like... But he hangs around. Didn't you think he'd, like... The, the guy would realise there's other people in the background. So, oh, what's going on here kind of thing. So, anyway, another sort of, like, cool scene. This is going back to the bit where they kind of, like, they have to figure out where uh, Cosmo is. Um, because they sort of, like, he's, like, asking him to re- recollect the sort of, like, the sounds and everything else of when he was in the, the trunk of the car. And um, the, he's, like, re- he starts then recreating the sounds of the, the road on his, like, synthesizer. So, yeah. <laughs> synthesizer. Synthesizer. And the synthesizer. So they sort of, like... What is Casio synthesizer? Casio synthesizer. <laughs> this podcast is learning to talk. Um, so they, they sort of like, you know, they're doing the the, you know, the the thing. And then it's like they're driving around and he goes, oh, I can't describe it. The best thing I can describe is a cocktail party. So can we only presume that he heard that? Because we did not hear that. As, we as, didn't as, hear that bit, no. So, so then um, they figure out that, well, that's like a kind of like a, a gaggle of birds, whatever, you know, kind of like flamingo type birds. They're all kind of chattering away and all this kind of stuff. So then they discover where Cosmo is and it's this big toy company, like, I don't know, factory, you want to call it factory, big toy offices called uh, Playtronics. So they start scoping it out and Creasy starting to show them the different types of security that they're going to be dealing with. So that, that they, they figure out, so to get into the office that they need to break into, which is next to where this box is. Just quickly uh, going into that, how did they, how did they realise it was a cover up? I can't remember. Uh, because it, well, he just kind of like says, well, toy company it's all too obvious oh, oh, oh no 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 sorry it's because there was is it was it electric fence yeah that's it there's electric fence yeah. around this that, toy company you yeah. know high voltage it basically screams get out and it's yeah. not a toy company kind of thing so um they need a security guard and somebody's voice somebody an employee's voice to access the uh, the office next to where oh, the black box is and this is where you meet um he's another great i think actor that's he's got over 200 
uh, acting credits on IMDb. It's, you've seen him in loads of different stuff. With those bit parts, didn't he, really? More yeah, than yeah, sort of like Groundhog Day, Mento. Uh, he's been in Justified recently, which is a great TV show. But uh, He's very visual because of his hairstyle as well. Yeah, and he's got kind of like a distinctive look about him. And his, his name's, uh, I don't know if I pronounce this right, Stephen Tablowski, I think. Tablowski. To blow me. <laughs> Uh, so and yeah, he's been in loads of different. He's he's uh, the guy Ned who gets punched by um, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. I assume you've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. Day. Oh, great, yeah, yeah. No, that's one of my favourite films of all time. Okay, so um, yeah, and, and he's in loads of stuff. You know, you've seen him you know, in one film. You've seen him, in, I say, lots of different things. So they decide to use him, and they start doing all these background checks on him, and they're stealing his rubbish, which again I thought was quite ahead of its time because uh, there was a big thing a few years ago, wasn't there, about shredding all your personal detail was it, i have to say it was the cleanest amount of rubbish i've ever seen though it was amazing i mean they even comment on that don't they it's like the best yeah. like dan Aykroyd says oh this is the best rubbish i've ever seen yeah. um and so they're doing all these checks and find out that he's into computer dating and this is where liz comes into her own because guess who they choose to pick on to go on a date with him to get his voice well obviously liz liz <laughs> There's a fucking River Phoenix. Um, oh, I don't know, though. <laughs> he does look quite feminine, River Phoenix. He's, he's like floppy hair. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so. Oh, yeah. oh, no. That's oh. right, Karen. No, no, Karen. That's all right. Actually. I was going to say, so she goes on this date with him, and he's basically the most boring man on the planet kind of thing. They even say he's, he's got like his, his um, registration numbers, like 180 IQ and everything else, and he's kind of like. This is where she really sort of sexes it up a bit, doesn't she? I think, I think so. That, well. The scene where, because like, so she's got kind of like a, she's got a dictaphone and she's recording his, what, what he's saying. So she, he got a list of words she needs to get recorded. Yes. Basically. She's like, even got it written down on a pad, a notepad kind of thing. She's like, kind of like crossing them off when he says it. So and it's like something like, hi, my name is Werner, Werner Brandis. You know, this is my password. Verify me. Passport, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Because that's the phrase, that's the word that she's struggling to get into. The one right at the end, you, you, where it sort of clips, it goes through very quickly from start to the finish of their evening, where she's got all the words except for passport. Yeah. Yes. So, sort of like the way that she gets him to say passport, and she's like, oh, oh, I love this word. I'd love it if you'd say it for me. And it's like, what? And he's going, what word? He's like, passport. He goes, passport? And he's like, Oh, it's like you can. You, you, she, then she's like, "Can we go now?" She sells it like you know, it's like as an orgasm. Oh, I love it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, so it's, he's kind of like really funny as well because like you can tell she's in for a bit of a rough day because before it even starts, he goes off to get some food and he's like, she goes, asks him a question and he's got a mouthful of food and he's like, rah, 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 kind of thing, you know. So it's, it's like you say, he sells it really well. And that's, uh, doing and a bit. His, his skills with the ladies isn't particularly good, is it? Not really. He's not a Robert Redford, is he? Let's no. face it. But then I did. Um, as to doing a bit of research into the film, whatever, I kind of like, apparently he ad-libbed a lot of his scenes to make her laugh and stuff like that and to get her... Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so yeah, that's quite interesting. So anyway, they get his, his voice and now it's time for the heist. And even though they've got the most advanced security known to man, they've got electric fences, they've got this 
security guards up the, the arse. They've got one-way glass. They've got motion sensors in the office where the black box is. So, I mean, that's another demonstration they do. It's like all kind of Mission Impossible stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah this is what I like. All this they, 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 you know, it means that Marty, essentially, I mean, they've got to raise the temperature. It's a bit of Ocean's Eleven, that sort of thing as well. Yeah, they've got to raise the temperature of the room so it doesn't pick him up in the room. So it's body temperature kind of thing. And he's only got to be able to walk two inches a second because otherwise... Is this, is this factually correct, all of this? You can imagine that it's based on some facts. Yeah, because I wasn't sure whether that would actually work if you actually heat the room right up. Mm, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But, but anyway, so they've got all this security, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Now, Marty's got Werner's card, and what does he do? He just walks straight in through the front door with the card. But and he, this is a com- Hold on, but this is a big, big, big company. But, you might not particularly oh. know how every single person who works there looks. Well, he swipes it through the thing and it prints off this little ticker of when the guy goes in. So it's like, I'm assuming anybody who walked into that building, you know, if they swiped it in, it'd say, like, it says Werner Brandis, the time he logged in kind of thing. Yeah, it just so, gives a record of everything everywhere they go. But you'd think they'd have some sort of cameras or something. You know, he just, he just maybe it's because he's wearing glasses because it's like maybe that threw the security guards off because he's like security, like Superman kind of thing. You know, he's like kind of got a disguise on, the glasses. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so... The thing is as well, so we mentioned the voice recognition. They've put so much effort into explaining that you can't go anywhere. You need his passport, his password, sorry, his passport, his, uh, his card, and you need him to say this phrase, right? So they've gone... I would have thought this high-tech technology as well. The actual phrase would have to sound like a human being talking as well. Yeah, so well... they... they <laughs> all right, so they... Um, he's got the thing on a dictaphone, and... Um, he goes into that. He swipes it. He goes to the oh, puts the dictaphone up to it's the most important point oh, of the it. film up to this point because if he fucks it up, then the glass will come down and the men with shotguns will come and capture it. Yep. So what does he do? He presses the fucking fast forward button <laughs> on the dictaphone. <laughs> And shuts it off quickly. But this, when these sort of things happen, it just makes me laugh because it sort of makes you think, yeah, these are older guys who would make mistakes. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm taking the piss a little bit. But it it kind of makes them more human. But it's the way he looks as well. It's it's the way he scrambles to turn it off. It's just, he's he's just a goddamn great actor, Redford. You know, he's he's just. Yeah, he sells it really well, I think. So, um,. I mean, and the thing is, well, mentioned all this security. So they, 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 this black box is essentially. Sorry, the bit I was trying to make. Sorry, the bit, the, the, when he actually then does the proper voice, what I'm trying to say is it doesn't sound like a proper sentence. Oh, because it's sort of like it's up and down. I, I, and it's like, well, really? It wouldn't recognise that it's not sounding right? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, hi, my name is Worth. <laughs> yes! This is my passport. Verify me. Green light, three you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, the shittiest security. But anyway, so they've got this black box, right? Now, this black box is the most amazing thing in the world. They use Marty and his team to steal it in the first place. They know the importance of this black box. And Ben Kingsley, he's like, I want this black box. It's mine. I've got so much power. I can do whatever I want with it. I can end governments. I can end, you know, change countries. I can, you know, uh, close banks and this that and the other, blah 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 blah. All right, just leave it on the table and not. Let's just leave it on the fucking table, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I suppose you could argue that it is highly secure the whole place, you know. Not really, because you just walk through the fucking front door. Yeah, but you try and walk slowly like that as well, walking through a room, two inches per second. Mm, I'd lose patience. Yeah. I'd be <laughs> like, it's just like fucking leg it, <laughs> jump out the window. 
<laughs> so um, anyway, um, so anyway, Liz then she's having this date with Werner because she's kind of already slipped the card off to uh, Dan Aykroyd, and uh, now he's worked on this um, this toy dog. So it, I'm assuming then it's kind of like there's an element of truth to it it is a toy company but at the same time it's a front for all this kind of like criminal activity whatever so he's worked on this the voice recognition for this no, toy no, but I, get the, I get the total impression that he has no understanding of anything else that's happening yeah. oh he's oblivious yeah he yeah. He's, yeah, yeah i don't think he's a criminal mastermind or anything he's just an employee there kind of thing so he's he's worked on the voice recognition for this toy dog and um no, I mean this. He should have worked on Connect because the voice recognition on this fucking dog is amazing. It's 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 absolutely flawless. And this is where he rumbles, Liz, because it's like um, he says a phrase and the dog walks off onto the. Now, for me, this dog. Do you remember those dogs that used to sort of like yap and then do a little backward somersault? They do that when they yeah. All, yeah, I remember it those. Kind of looks like one of them, like a cheap one you get off the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's this amazing toy that he's worked on, apparently. No, he really falls over. Really? He's like play dead and it just falls over. And then it's like he says, like, uh, just go forward and it starts walking forward. It's like you've got a 180 IQ and that's the best you can come up with. (laughs) But this is 1992. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So anyway, um, then he rumbles, Liz, because the dog walks forward, knocks her bag off the... uh, I mean, it's like you see that coming, it's like, really? It knocks it off the table, doesn't it? And it's like... He then stays, he's like, he looks, and and this is the other thing, right? Her bloody real ID card, you'd imagine, or a driving license or something else with a real identity, is at the top of her bag. You'd think, well, let's just hide it a little bit because I'm, you know, pretending to be somebody else. You would think they would have actually set her up with an actual different ID as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've got the capabilities. Again, to it's, it's cow Mickey Mouse mistakes, mate. It's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're saying, that, oh, they're a bit old, but they're not... Yeah fucking bad i mean you know i mean i think they should have got whistler doing everything because like i say it's I... not slapstick it's not anything like that it's not it's not really bad mistakes like you know what i'm saying not police squad stuff here this is oh, serious no. stuff that could go wrong it could go wrong you know and in hindsight they probably should have actually given a proper id like to be i mean she didn't did she go in as did she go in as liz no she changed her name to doris of course it was, yeah, because then that's when he realised because her name, her proper name, was on the actual ID card, wasn't it? Whatever. Which again, like, Doris. Well, the thing is as well, they must have set, set her up. Doris. Who's fucking <laughs> called Doris? My nan's called Doris for Christ's sake. You know, and you just think, you know, they must have set her up with, um, like, they set her up online for this computer dating thing, so they must have given her a bit more to go on. Anyway, so um, he then r- rumbles her and he takes to Playtronics and everything is starting to um, unravel. At that point, I thought he was then, I, I still didn't realise that he wasn't like a mastermind in yeah, with the deal. Because he, he was just taking it seriously. He actually thought someone was trying to get into my office. He thought it was t- trying to steal his ideas. That's all he thought it was, you know? Well, I see. I thought he kind of like takes a more sinister tone himself, like because like he, he no, cause he's still oblivious to it all, isn't he? When he even gets back there. Oh, right, well, anyway, so that's then people can interpret that over the one. So yeah. uh, Marty's got the box now. He's he's walked to this this thing. It's like say two inches per second or whatever. And um, but they've got Liz, and they're about to discover him. And because Cosmo's there, because Werner's kicking up a fuss, saying, "Oh, this woman's a." you know, trying to steal my identity or my stuff or whatever. He's and... already been in before this, isn't he? And turned the heat up, hasn't he? Yeah, so they've, they've done all that now. So Is that with the stupid guards? Because he goes into the... Sorry, I know we're jumping forward again, but he goes into the toilets, doesn't he? River Phoenix. And then you've got the most divvy guard who keeps looking up and down, looking at the door. Do you remember that bit? Oh, that's... that is Yeah, this is before that. And then this is where 
you know, you said earlier about perhaps they're not quite on the ball, these guards. Because I'm telling you now, I could see the difference between River Phoenix and Dan Aykroyd. Dan- <laughs> 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 the thing is, this guard, this one that sort of like he thinks, oh, he's scratching his chin a little bit. It's like, is it the one? He should be fucking pensioned off. He looks about 90. Yeah, yeah. I'm exaggerating a bit, but you know. So anyway, um, so Cosmo sort of like he twigs that Liz is on in, on the heist because it's like he goes, a computer wouldn't match up Werner and Liz. You know, he's a fucking geeky twat. And look at her, she's fit. Um, and so said, yeah, that's what she gave it away, didn't she? The last time I go on a dating, a computer dating. Yeah, so I, she's just like you keep your mouth shut, you silly yeah. cow. Um, so anyway, he he realizes the box has gone, and I think I don't know if you remember this, but he kind of like he runs to the office. He does the girliest run. It's <laughs> like if you go back and watch it now, he's like a proper little. I'm mincing to the office kind of thing. <laughs> so anyway, it's like, so the box has gone, the place goes into lockdown and Marty's in the crawl space in the ceiling and it's all kicking off. The guy, one of the main bad guys, the um, the NSA dudes. And again, you can tell that they're proper bad guys now because they're sort of the ginger one, the, the more friendlier of the two when they the were German NSA. star looking one. Yeah. yeah, he's got like a nice tash. But instead of, like, having a nice kind of, like, parting or whatever, he slicked his hair back, hasn't he? So he's kind of like, you can tell he's a bit of a badass. He needs business now at this point. Oh, yeah, because he slicked his hair back with gel. So anyway, he's kind of like... I recognise the other guy, the big guy, though. Yeah, I've seen him in a few things. Yeah but I didn't do any research, so I'm not going to talk about him. Um, <laughs> so he's in the, Marty's in the crawl space, and he's about to get killed, because the, 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 that's like that mean son of a bitch. He's got this shotgun, and he yeah, shoots... That shotgun would do more damage than that as well. That, you know, that always makes me laugh, because he's walking along, and he's shooting up through the ceiling. Yeah. 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 And I just feel like he would have had, he would have got him by that point. It's just lucky he gets that last shot, and he goes, stop shooting. You yeah, because he, he was about to kill him at that point, yeah. wasn't he? Um, and again, it was a nice tight... Not, Tense, tense scenes, you know, I think. Um, so anyway, um, then Cosmo comes onto the speakerphone, he's a stop shooting kind of thing, you know, basically, I've got Liz, come out, otherwise we're going to do bad things to her and all this, that and the other. So, and he goes, I cannot kill you, Marty. You have to trust me. Now, Ben's, ben, ben Kingsley is a good actor, in my opinion, okay? He's been in some good stuff. Um, he's been in some shit stuff. But he's, a, he's generally considered a, a good actor, if not a great actor, you know, from... Uh, from for, for, for his for his great movies he's done he would definitely be regarded as a great great actor oh yes yeah so yeah. the thing is though he's saying i cannot kill you you have to trust me he practically fucking winks at the screen doesn't he he's like you know you can't trust him you yeah. know that he's gonna bullshit him he's bullshitting him right now so anyway marty then sort of gives himself up and cosmo says to the fake nsa agents but I if you think about it he's already stuck in a corner isn't he old marty he hasn't really got any other options. He's option. got no choice. No, he's yeah. got no choice. He, if he doesn't give himself up, they're going to kill Liz. So anyway, he's, he's, but it's like, I cannot kill my friend. And he turns to the NSA agents, kill my friend. Yeah, you what, know. Asshole. what a bastard. <laughs> it's like at this point I'm going, boo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so anyway, and this is where Carl, I guess, one of his few highlights, whatever, he saves the day because he comes through the ceiling and he jumps on one of the guards and he distracts them. And I wasn't sure how, to me, did they preset that scenario up? Because I wasn't sure how Carl would have known what he meant because he was obviously saying something to get him to fall through the ceiling, wasn't he? Yeah, he's like going, no. And they, uh, would he have known that? No. And like the NSA agents, they go, well, they're not NSA agents, they're not bad guys, whatever. And he's like, yeah, right now. And he's there to shoot him kind of thing. So again, it just sets up the tension, I guess. But the thing is, for me, there were about 20 or 30 guards running around this um, 
this this factory or this this office building kind of thing um and they discover where the the cameras are because like crease and mother and whistler they're all outside in the van kind of thing monitoring everything and they've they discovered the cameras that they've planted and whatever these 20 guards that were there have just disappeared into thin air. Yeah, they do that in every film, don't they, once you've caught the prey, don't they? They all go, they just, you know, they always do that thing they like in other films where it's always left to the one guy. They go, kill him. And they walk out the room and leave it to the one guy. Like in Taken, all that sort of thing. Or, you know I mean? or James Bond, yeah. James Bond, yeah. And it's like, you'd think, so, look, just get the job done. All just, 20 of, just all 20 of you shoot him if you have to. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Just do do a RoboCop. Just fucking blow his arm off and yeah. blow his head off and all this. You know, don't no. give him a chance for Christ's sake, because they've all disappeared. That's t- yeah. my point. He with um, Cos- Cosmo. Is it Cosmo or Cosmos? I can't remember the name. Cosmo. Cosmo. Yeah. Cosmo. The whole line about him not being able to kill him. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. Considering he, he's happy for someone else to kill him, right? But he can't kill him. But then that crops up again later on, doesn't it? That he can't kill him. Am I right about saying that? Near yeah, the end he's of the right book? fucking wuss, isn't he? Yeah. Grow, grow some balls cut off your ponytail and fucking <laughs> grow some balls for Christ's sake anyway so then they escape they're on the roof and everything is <clears throat> looking good at this stage um, but the except Crease and Mother they get caught and this is where you find out because it's kind of implied again that why Crease got kicked out of the CIA they because they check the back of the van do they? they don't check the back of the van which is again rent-a-cop guards you know these kind of like rent-a-goon guards whatever you want to call them and so they don't check the uh the van but and they one of the guards calls crease he says and you midnight which i i've never heard that term before so like derogatory towards a black person (laughs) you know i must admit i didn't even catch that didn't you? He, Uh, He goes to the the he goes to him says like right get your hands up you know kind of thing and you midnight like, oh. yeah, I didn't even catch that. So anyway, uh, I won't comment on that further because we managed to escape from getting kicked off iTunes when we did Soul Man. So I'll, I'll just <laughs> I'll carry on. Um, so uh, anyway, so then they've kind of like got the hands up and everything. And he goes, do you real? Do you, do you know why I got kicked out of the CIA? He's saying this to mother. And he's like, and then he goes, he beats these two guards up and he goes, this is like kind of like, I thought this was like, whoa, hell yeah, kind of moment. So yeah. and he's like, he goes, to, he beats up these two younger looking security guards. Because uh, like, you know, Sydney Poitier, he goes, you motherfuckers mess with me, I'll split your head. Well, that bit, I mean, that's hilarious, isn't it? I, I sound like Mr. T then. Um, <laughs> so he's kind of like, yeah, and that, that's like a hell yeah kind of thing, you know, because he's like an old dude, but he's also, you know, he's got some skills, whatever. Yeah. So the thing is, right, Whistler's in the van and he distracts these guards initially because, like, Marty's on the earpiece to him, he's on the, you know, the headset. And you're going to have to drive. Now, this is probably the only farcical bit of the whole film for me. Yeah, but I've got to say, fair play to you know david strathan and you know yeah. he i think he really sells it because it's in the music as well kind of sells it because you could imagine it's kind of like a really kind of like he's there no, it's a great the moment it's a great moment but highly unlikely now totally unlikely and you know but he so he saves the days like you know he's like a kid in a candy store because he's like driving for the first time probably ever he's like oh yeah. my god i'm driving but and also they sell it so well, the, the final gag kind of thing, because he's doing it all pretty well. You know, he's going down a few hills and everything else, but he keeps everything on course. He's heading exactly where he goes. Marty's going, OK, just there. Five more seconds and stop. Yeah, and I the... blame Marty for this bit, actually. 
just five seconds, and that's ridiculous. He had literally one second. He had literally one second because, <laughs> I mean, he's not going like, I'd say, 30 or 40 miles an hour. He's doing a steady 20, whatever. But it still makes a proper smack into the wall. Kind of, he's like, five more seconds and stop. But See, it... I know he wasn't blind in real life. I do understand that. Yeah. But, but it looks like him doing all that bit as well. Uh, yeah, probably. So it, had, it had a couple of side shots, and it was definitely him. Yeah. It wasn't like a dummy or anything like that. It's like properly a, a guy yeah. sitting in the... And it looked like him. Do you think? Oh. No, definitely on one particular side shot. And you know, because it was we're, we're talking proper jumps in the air and crashing image. I always think, surely that would do something to the bloody suspension in vehicles. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> when the vehicles really go for it like that, there's no way it would survive, you know? Mm. Possibly. Oh, probably. I don't know. But then he's a fucking I'm blind man this, driving the van for Christ's sake, and you're I'm worrying about the suspension. I take this very seriously, this film. <laughs> <laughs> so so then Cosmo he kind of like he confronts Marty for the final time and um you know he's got a gun on him and this kind of where it'll say the, the whole theme from from the start of the film where he gives you know he pretends he's got a coin in his hand and he hasn't turns out he was bluffing him because Marty pulls the old switcheroo on him because he's like he's saying you know you know he, he's sort of like this is where you realize that Cosmo's motivation I kind of felt that he's like Yes, he's a bit of a bastard, but he's a sad little geek who just misses his friend. At the end of the day, I think that's what it kind of comes down to because he wants him to—he he wants it to be like the old days, but he's kind of lost something along the way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I also think that Ben Kingsley—he kind of, when you first meet him, he puts on a bit of an American accent that goes right out the fucking window. He's just gone. He's, there's no accent. He's like a proper British guy now at this stage. He's like, you know, he's just like, oh, I'm giving up doing that. I can't be arse. You know, um, you know, look, you've made me wear this fucking stupid ponytail. I'm just going to give up. He's just, I'm just going to, you know, put on my proper accent. So anyway, he then goes, I can't kill you kind of thing, even though he fires a shot close to his head. Um, and first purposely missed it. Yeah, but he gives in the box, you know, and he's like, oh, it's not worth all this, that and the other. But then again, you'd think he'd bloody check it before he, he let him go. Marty, we, hold on a sec, but we also we do we do not know that he's swapped it. Well, this is true, and this is the old switcheroo kind of thing. When did he do it? Oh, yeah, good point, actually. Ooh. Don't know. We just have to presume he just did it when he was up on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's just one of those little moments, I guess. So anyway, they escape, and then they go back to their office, and but then they're greeted with the real NSA and James Earl Jones, and this is the James Earl Jones part. Way. <laughs> Which you've spoilt. As you just imagine how excited you'd be. Like, oh my god, James Earl Jones is in this film. I spoiled it for, him, spoiled it for myself. You exactly. Mean, yeah? I hope you've learnt a lesson. I had enough of James Earl Jones. Be quite fucking obvious. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, so anyway, they all pick what they want, and I think it's a bit cheesy. You know, Whistler wants uh, goodwill and peace on earth and all that kind of bullshit and whatever. And you know, uh, Crease wants to go to Tahiti in Scotland and all the bollocks. Um, but then Carl, like you mentioned earlier on, he wants this date with Jaw Woman, and uh, he's like goes the woman with the Uzi, and I'm like that's not an Uzi, that's an MP5, and the only reason what? I know that is by playing fucking COD. Oh, uh, all hail the COD! <laughs> COD is good for something. So um, and then so they go through all this, and James Earl Jones is getting more pissed off because he's like, oh come on, you know, just give me the box. But he's a decent man, you know, he comes across. So but then you know. Marty pulls the old switcheroo on him and he gives him the black box, but he takes out the chip. And then the film ends nicely because it kind of ends like it starts with the kind of like the looking at a, a TV type of screen view um, with a TV reporter saying that 
the Republicans have gone bankrupt and Greenpeace have been given loads of money donated by an anonymous source. And it's such a nice happy ending, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Cool. It's all of a sudden just occurred to me, there's one scene that we'd forgotten to mention. And it's bugging me and I can't remember whereabouts it was within the film. But Are it mentioned... doubting my note-taking ability again? Well, it mentions anal. Does it? Yes, when, when Liz, I think perhaps before she goes on the date thing, when they're maybe parting or something, something around that line, she mentions about the guys being so anal or something. <laughs> That's turn, the note for you. And they all turn around and look. He's at into them. anal. Hey? He's into anal. Who? The guy. Is that what, is that what she's saying? No, no, no. She means it on the sense of when you know when people are anal, they might polish everything all the time or keep things really, really clean. You know, anal at doing something. Oh, so he's not into. But of course, let guys being guys. Pretty much, if I was standing there, I'd take it with a different meaning. Yeah, <laughs> that scene where they all turn around and sort of have a bit of a glint in their eye, and I can't remember whereabouts it was within the film. It was sort of just before they go on. To, you to do remember of... it? You missed yeah. it. Because I didn't think it was that important, really. Anal it was only your dirty little mind that heard the word anal, and you thought, oh. Anal is always important. <laughs> it's just a bit, just about. She pretty much volunteers herself for going for, to this, uh, to the dates with him. Yes, that's what it's all about. Good, because like she gets a tube of crest and she goes, the man who folded up this tube of crest, he isn't this, that, and the other. He is an anal man. He likes Ooh. anal. He's into anal. Uh, uh, and yeah. So anyway, cool. Aren't we all? Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean. Uh, what are your thoughts on it then? I say you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it before. So what did you think? It's really nice because it's actually, I think maybe slightly over two hours long or around that sort of thing. And when I saw it come on Netflix, I thought, bloody hell, two hours. I did think that initially because I had knew nothing about this film. I didn't do check any of the trailer, like I said. I'm telling you now, from start to finish, I love this film. Oh. And I'm so gutted that I've never seen it before. But at least I know I can now actually. I'm I'm itching to watch it again. Really? I think it's superb. And I, in fact, almost if I just had a bit more time, I would have watched it again before recording because it I think it's great. Absolutely superb. It's got that sort of it's like it's like a real buddy type movie as well. You know how everyone all gets on. And I don't know. I just love the fact that they all had their roles. It was quite a techie film, you know, it had the comedy in there, you know, genuine laugh out moments. And um, just all the actors seem to gel together. And, and for that. I just think it's superb, and I would recommend this to everybody to watch. Yes, I think as a piece of entertainment, it's great. You know, like you say, I think when you start to think about it and sit down, and you can pick holes in everything. But as just a piece of entertainment, it is really entertaining, and there are moments in the film that will make you feel a bit tense and kind of make you laugh. And it's just like you say, the camaraderie between the actors, and apparently, I'll say, reading a bit on IMDb, all the actors saying that this was probably one of the most fun times they ever had making a film. It was just so much fun and considering that it's all about technology and there's lots of technology in it and considering it's made in 92 and what are we into 2013 now yeah. i don't think it's aged that badly do you know what i mean a lot of films where there's computers and everything else involved you think christ that looks old but no uh, even the credits of the film seem very modern that sort of thing the, yeah you know you know, I think, again, I think it's just the music that perhaps, I mean, I love the music, don't get me wrong, but I think that's the only thing that perhaps made it sound a bit more old-fashioned, if you know what I mean. Mm. I'm pleased you enjoyed it anyway, mate. It's, uh, honestly, hand on heart, it's, um, I can say, I can honestly hand on heart say it's the, out of the three films that we've done now, this is my favourite film. Oh, excellent. 
that's I would recommend it as well. So um, I know we sometimes do what the wife thinks, but she didn't watch it with me. So. My wife didn't watch either. So. She has seen it before with me, and I think she enjoyed it. But yeah. um, I haven't got any comments to add about that. So um, what is the film that we're going to watch next time? This is my pick, isn't it, my friend? It is your pick. Excited. Now, when I again, when I first done this, I thought I am avoiding James L. Jones no matter what. We've got to get away from that dude, all right? But then I was sort of looking at a few of the actors. I mean, we could have gone. If you think about it, because of who's in this film, we we really could have gone. There's so many films to pick from, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I thought, right, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm not going to go with an actor. Oh. First looked at the 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 um the soundtrack. What do they call it? Bloody hell, is it? Does a soundtrack? Yeah. Music, yeah. Looked at that and thought, no, I don't the fancy score. anything there. The score. I don't fancy anything there either. So I thought, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the person who actually wrote it. Oh. Okay. So the who was the writer of um, Sneakers again? Um, uh, Walter F. Parks is one of the writers. Sorry, is he Walter F. Parks, one of the writers? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, there was three guys who wrote some Sneakers, but I actually just went with one of them. Walter F. Parks is the guy that I picked, checked out a few of his films, and amongst... I whittled it down to two films. And funny enough, the two films are both in the 80s, and they actually both star the same man. But I went for the earlier one. This is 1983. It stars... Matthew Broderick, Dabney Coleman, John Wood, and Ali Sheedy. It is War Games. Oh, I haven't seen that for a long, long time. I have not. I haven't seen mid eighties. I mean, this came out in eighty three, and I, I, I saw it pretty much when I was very, very young. Probably when I was about ten, so that's maybe eighty. Yeah, probably about eighty five, eighty six, something like that. I was seen it. I maybe even saw it when it first came out. You know, if I'm honest. Um, and I actually can't remember all of it uh, great you know there's a lot of it i can't remember so i'm interested to see how this film pans out after look, after 30 years i'm interested to see what it's like i mean i really like matthew broderick i don't know about you yeah yeah I, he's he's been in a bit of shit the ones that i like no but probably 80s matthew broderick i really like yeah mm. the other one obviously that would have i would have gone for would have been project x which i absolutely love that film never seen Mate. it oh really perhaps i should have picked that one then <laughs> No, no, we'll go with war games. War games, obviously, but you know, I'm into computers and all that sort of stuff, like you likewise, like you are as well, Stabby, yeah. And because it's based around a computer game simulation type thing, I think it's an interesting film to check out. So, and as I say, the link was Walter F. Parks. That's really good because, like I say, you haven't picked anybody sort of like you know. We've I say we've gone obvious, but it's like we can choose whatever we want, can't we? As long well, as like there's a link between. Has to have the link, and what I like is because I'm going down this route, it's totally taking it away in a different direction. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it, it's none of those previous actors like from this film or nothing. None of them are in there, so it's totally gone off on a different angle now. So. And yeah. this is on UK or US Netflix. This uh, I must admit, I'm only really just uh, for all the films just checking UK. I didn't check on US Netflix, sadly, but it's definitely on the UK Netflix. Oh, fantastic! I'm looking forward to that. And I think we had a bit of, um, didn't we? I think it was um, Xavier Fox Shandy. I think they've got a way. Is it like some sort of blocker for the Americans if they want to actually get into the UK Netflix? Was it some Hulu Plus thing? Or yeah, I mentioned it on episode one. I mean, like I say, I figured out how you can because I've got it on my iPad. You can watch US Netflix and whatever, and it's just changing the DNS. I think. No, 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 but he was saying something about they. I think there's a Google, if you're watching it on Google Chrome, I think there's um, like a widget or, a, you know, extension you can add to, to allow you to watch UK Netflix or something. I like extensions. I do too. Excellent. Well, that's something to look forward to. So that's going to be our next um, film. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope it encourages you to perhaps go out and 
watch the film sneakers because i think it's worth watching definitely i'm gonna watch it again without a doubt excellent um have you got anything else you want to add not particularly i don't think no that's it so we'll be back in a couple of weeks time yes with some war games and uh so just finally say thank you for listening you can catch us at 60 minutes with.co.uk at 60 minutes with on twitter where can they find you ben at xx4dxx and i am at dastardly jabby thank you for your company and we'll see you next time bye 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 everyone <laughs>